0: The retirement Pathfinder is on the air once again. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Walter Storholt here for the ride today alongside Phil Guskey and Barbara Lane. They're the folks you're here to hear from, retirement income planning specialists at Pathfinder Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Rockford area. Uh, you can check out more information about Phil. He's the founder of Pathfinder and the co-author of multiple financial planning books. Barbara is as well. Two books. Roadmap for uh, Stress-Free Retirement and Remarkable Retirement, the titles of those two. You can find the team online by going to pathfinderwealth.com. And don't forget, by the way, to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, or just always go to the website to check for new episodes. We're putting them up each and every month. You can expect two new episodes to appear there. So be sure to check in and subscribe if you'd like to do so. Barbara and Phil, great to have you with us once again. Hope you're both doing well.
1: Yeah, we are. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, it's good to much, be here.
0: Mark. Yeah, we've got a fun uh, topic on today's show. We <laughs> answered on the last podcast a bunch of great questions from listeners. We'll take a breath this time around and focus on kind of one major topic on the program today. And our focus is going to be on facing the realities of of retirement planning. And this means dealing with the current state of retirement, not so much on, you know, kind of applying old ways of thinking to retirement planning. And we're not just talking about generational differences here, like, okay, don't apply your parents thinking or your grandparents thinking about retirement to today. The realities that we're going to talk about are different even from maybe what was the case just a decade ago and how the landscape has changed so quickly. So I'll outline some of the major ways we've seen those changes happen. And then Barbara and Phil, you let me know if you agree with these things, I guess. And are you seeing this in the office frequently? And the first one is people are living longer. Now, yeah, if we go back to the 30s, let's say, the average life expectancy for somebody who was 60, for a man who was 60, and 64 for for a woman. Obviously seems very low compared to today. If you live to age 65, you can expect to live for another 20 years or so. In fact, 25% of us will likely live to 90 or older. And because people are living longer, Barbara and Phil, they are also working longer than they used to. And we know all too well that that comes with some other complications. So Mm. don't feel Mm. like you have to retire at a certain age just because, hey, that's what my parents called it quits.
1: Yeah, Walter, let me address that. You know, not only are they living longer, they're also living more healthy as they live longer. So they're, they're healthier. In fact, the old saying now is, or the new saying, I guess the 60s is the new 40. So they are uh, they're staying more active. Uh, they're staying more involved. They're, they're being more connected. And so it's, it is true that life expectancy has increased dramatically. But the question is, are they working longer because they want to or because they need to? And let me give you some statistics. You know, a CNBC poll recently posted that one out of three Americans have less than $5,000 saved for retirement. And according to a Northwestern Mutual Life study, 78% say they are extremely or somewhat concerned about having enough retirement money. And that's kind of concerning. The average retiree, believe it or not, has only $84,821 saved. That's shocking. Another study that we looked at determines that retired couples past age 65 will spend over $200,000 on health care costs. Well, where is this money coming from? And that's outside of the long-term care issues or nursing home care. So for the majority of people who we advise, we find that they are drastically underfunded in their retirement. Why? Because quite frankly, you know, they've paid for mortgages, they've paid for college for kids, and now they're in their low to mid-50s and they think, "Oops, we better save some money in our 401k plan now, because maybe the pension they have, if they have one, or social security will not be enough. And so they start putting money away into their 401k or IRAs. And they find out that by the time they hit 65, you know, the 500,000 that they had or 400,000, whatever it might be, may not be enough. So they have to continue to work. Now, again, I kind of refer back to the good book where you can't find the word retire in the Bible. You know, it's always a better idea to stay engaged and productive. You know, people need the skills, you know, they need those skills that they developed and the knowledge that they've had to be able to share even while they're retired. And they need to stay involved. And I my saying is that it's as many people have heard, it's better to wear out than it is to rust out. You need to be actively engaged. (laughs) And so, Barb, what would you add to that?
2: (laughs) Phil's always got those good sayings. Sure Uh, does. You know, um, hopefully you aren't working in your seventies unless you want to, like you, Phil. You'll be coming in here in your 70s because you enjoy that. And I I see that for you. But, you know, we have a couple of local companies that have a phase into retirement. So what they do over time, of course, is just reduce their hours. And then it's not so much of a shock once you do enter the real retirement market. Um, And that's that's helpful for some, too.
0: Well, we should spend more time on that conversation because you bring up a good point. Retirement, you know, this is kind of the second reality of retirement planning is that retirement's now a very active stage of life, you know, playing shuffleboard or sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair, sipping sweet tea, or I guess in Rockford, you guys are unsweet tea, right? Not like me being a southerner with <laughs> our sweet tea. So
2: uh,
0: both. Yeah, a little, okay, you guys are both. I guess it's uh, the Northeast is unsweet tea, right? That's
2: uh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forget where all, all the different parts the country have, you know, pop versus soda and sweet tea versus unsweet tea and all those conversations. But in any event, that's no longer the dream retirement that, you know, people have. Instead, it's about, you know, doing things like volunteering for a favorite cause or traveling or developing a new skill. Maybe it's helping raise grandchildren or other things we can add to that list. You already pointed out a few items. And while being active is more fun, well, what day do we spend the most money on every single week? Probably on Saturdays. And now every day is a Saturday where you're doing all these fun things. It's going to be more expensive. And we've got to try and still keep that realistic match of how much money we've got, how active we're going to be. How can we fund all these things that we now want to do with our more active lifestyle?
2: That's a good one, Walter. Very true. And you said it right there. The key word was realistic. So a realistic income plan is crucial because you want to factor in all the things that you want to do. So what are your goals for this money in retirement? You know, Do you have hobbies? Do you want to travel? Look at everything. When you start with your annual expenses and you can subtract your income sources, your social security, your pension, if you have rental income, et cetera, the balance then is going to be the driver of your plan. That's what's required to live on to outpace inflation and grow and be successful until the last death. Remember, though, the retirement's a process. It's not a one-time event. So you have to meet and adjust regularly. And I would say at least once a year is key. And here's the big and, if you're married, generally one spouse always handles the finances. But both spouses need to be involved. We require that here, actually. Both need to be involved in the planning and the updating and the reviewing because both need to know what's going on. But look, you're going to spend 20 plus years in retirement. So make it enjoyable, make it fun, be active, be social, set new goals, stuff that you could not do during your working years because you're busy working. But be happy. That's the key is to be happy. Don't fret or penny pinch and hopefully you won't have to. But we see all walks of life walking through here. Some are very excited about retirement. Others are, I think I may go back to work because I don't know what else I'm going to do. But if you have a plan in place with a high percentage of success, as Phil had talked about in a previous podcast, then you follow that plan for accessing your funds and you're going to start your retirement on a good note, but you have to have a plan. And it's funny, I was just sharing this with Phil before the podcast and I sat down with a couple I'm working with last night and they're both 58 and 59 years old and she retired, he retired this year, last year she will this year. And they're in a very good place, and they both tell me that they have so many activities that they really, right now, work gets in the way for them. Hmm. So they're excited about retirement. So hopefully people, once they get to the retirement stage, they can be excited. What do you think, Phil?
1: Yeah, I, I think that part of the difficulty we have today is that, you know, our parents had a different view of retirement than we did. It was more about them leaving something rather than going to something. They had to get away from their employer because, you know, it was time for them to rest, and then of course they didn't have any plans for post-retirement and that's what I call money demons in other words these notions have been kinda passed down to us that you know we have to really get away from our current employer our current profession our line of work and transition out of that well you know we sit down with people all the time and we ask well okay you're a year away from retirement what happens next and you know we see the the glazed look on their face they hadn't really thought about what they're gonna do post-retirement and that's troubling Because if they have no idea where they're going, they're going to end up going there. So we want to make sure that they have some clear ideas as far as what they want to do. If they have grandchildren, you know, a lot of times they have opportunities to be spending more time with family and that type of thing. But, you know, I took a year off and retired, Walter, and quite frankly, I ran out of things to do. I came back, you know, twiddling my thumb saying, hey, why did I leave the thing that I enjoyed so much? And I came back into the business. So it's important to really understand that retirement is not the end of a stage, it really is the beginning of some new stage of life. Yep, I agree.
0: And that's why so many people have developed another reality that we're uncovering here. So many people are falling into this category now where we're not quitting cold turkey anymore. And you tried that, it sounds like, Phil. You quit cold turkey and then ended up changing game plans. You know, many people are finding other ways to maybe combine a little bit of work and leisure, some shifting from part-time work to full-time work or vice versa, others shifting to a role that's maybe less demanding but still in the same company or in the same kind of occupation. Uh, others find an encore career, kind of a secondary thing that they want to move on to, and they move to a new company or an industry they'd always wanted to be involved in. So there's kind of plenty of ways to stay connected so you don't feel like your work life is an all-or-nothing proposition, and that's been a, that's a huge change from how previous generations and even just a decade ago people were doing it.
1: Yes, I I agree with that, Walter. In fact, uh, we're very fortunate in uh, in our economy here in the in the Midwest. A lot of smart employers welcome the idea mm-hmm. of of a retiree going part time with their company. Why? Uh, because of the experience factor. They have a hard time filling that role with people coming right out of school. They don't have the experience, they don't have the wisdom, they don't have the hands-on opportunities that these older employees had, and so those people are hard to replace, and although the employer will eventually need to fill that retiree's position, they would prefer to put off the time, the effort, the training, the dollars, and postpone that as long as they can. Now, one of the questions that came up is, you know, is it possible to combine work and leisure? Well, I've never heard of that concept before. I guess it's beginning to come up more and more all the time. But, you know, in my world, work is work and leisure is a diversion from the work. <laughs> now, I have, you know, found in my profession, my line of work, that professional related books, the training that we go through, the activities that we are involved with could be fun and relaxing, stimulating and challenging. But I would, you know, separate that from my activities of hunting, fishing, working with my wood projects. You know, those are diversions away from my professional approach so I've never heard of that particular combination of combining leisure and work together I guess it's possible but I've not found it a possibility is a career change and that would be good you know I have a friend who is a tax attorney and he practiced many years in fact he retired at age 60 and what is he doing now he bought himself a hot dog truck (laughs) and he goes from county fair to county fair and he enjoys fixing Chicago brand hot dogs for people. I mean, he is just having the time of his life. He and his wife, they travel together, they spend time together, they meet new people. They're really salty, they kind of folks. And the bottom line is to stay active, even with, you know, volunteer work. But maybe you should consider buying a hot dog truck. I don't know, Barb, <laughs> what do you think? Is that something you do?
2: <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. But you know, when you mentioned that combining work and leisure, I, I think of you, Phil, because When you left a couple of years ago, came back in pretty much part time, but you were doing a lot of work within your church and then you came back. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think you really just missed us. But, um, you know, I did. I did. uh, I think that you like meeting with the people and helping them and and listening to their stories. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I just I thought of you because I think you combine both.
0: Yeah, sure. I think of people who maybe like have the ability to work remotely and saying, okay, well, let's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let's take the RV and do a month long trip. But I'm going to work, you know, four or five hours a day remotely, and then we'll go out and have fun at the various stops and locations that we're around. Or, hey, let's take a go live, you know, rent a house for a month at the beach and I'll still work while I'm there. But, hey, we'll be living at the beach for a month. And, you know, I can kind of see some benefits of working remotely in, in that manner. I know that that seems to be coming more and more possible in today's economy if you have that kind of occupation where you can kind of, you know, mix the work and play a little bit.
2: That'd be ideal.
0: Yeah, kind of fun to, Mm -hmm. the thing I take from it is we're all different with the hot dog example. (laughs) We all have some differences here. And there's a lot of flexibility for many of us. And that, that should be viewed as an opportunity, as something that's very fortunate and not a burden, certainly. Last but not least, one other reality we should bring up if we're talking about retirement planning today and how it's different from previous generations and maybe even different from just a decade ago. And we've talked about a lot of lifestyle things so far. We'll shift gears kind of back to the the financial world itself. The current investing environment for retirees does appear to be more challenging than it used to be. Now, if I make any wrong claims here, guys, you feel free to correct me. But I would say from my perspective that the stock market seems more volatile than it's ever been. Interest rates are right now as low as they've ever been over the last decade. If you're retired or close to retirement, it to me doesn't seem like the best time in history to be investing without a plan or without a good advisor. I mean, where are those, you know, 13% CDs of of the past or, you know, those kinds of things where it just, it was (laughs) mind boggling the return you could get for little risk. Those days aren't here anymore.
2: No. Okay. Well, you know, the reason that they're not is back in those 13% interest rate CD era, uh, inflation was about 14%. So that had to combat it. But, uh, Interest rates now have been very low since about 2006. But here's the key, during your working years, you're in the accumulation phase. So you save money, you don't think about it, you can't access it without a penalty, but now you're in retirement, so you're in the decumulation phase. So you have to know how long your money's gonna last. So if you have a million dollars, that may seem like a lot of money to you, but when you're living on this money, withdrawing it monthly, based on your current lifestyle, how long will this last? Well, it depends. It depends on your lifestyle. It depends on your health. Are you caring for aging parents or will you? And are you raising kids? Are you still caring for your kids? The key to success is always diversify. Phil had mentioned this on the last podcast. Diversify your portfolio the right way. Not just a bunch of stuff, but true diversification. So you're going to want to rebalance on the highs and lows and do not sell out in panic in down years because you haven't lost anything. You're only down in value. So when the account's rebalanced, you're taking advantage of buying low and selling high on a small scale. If you sell those shares by getting out, then they're gone forever. But you want to stay ahead of inflation and look for tax savings each and every year. The first 20 years of your retirement, your account value will be increasing. It should be increasing until around, I'd say, maybe 86 plus then your value is going to start to decline a little bit because your required distributions can't keep up with the growth at that time. That's why the account value has to grow in those first 20 years. You can't be too conservative when you retire. So don't go into retirement without a plan because you have to know how long your money will last. A million dollars may be okay, but it might not be. So for some, it seems like a lot of money but you don't know unless you have a plan. What do you think, Phil?
1: Well, yes, Barb. In fact, when we uh, sit down and, and talk about uh, the future with our clients, we want to make them aware of the various risks out there. So, so we, we talk, talk about things like inflation risks and market risks and interest rate risks. Those are traditional risks that most financial advisors will talk about, but there's something else that has really changed in our environment here. If there's anything that has changed, it's been this one thing. Because of longevity, we have something else that's called sequence of returns risk. Now, what I mean by that is this, you know, during our working years, we're putting money away into uh, retirement plans, into 401ks, IRAs, whatever. It doesn't really make a whole lot of difference if we have up and down years. In fact, you kind of hope that the market does go down during that period of time because we can buy more shares with the same dollars under the concept of dollar cost averaging. And so that means that you'll have more value as time goes on. But as time goes on, you know, we get, that's part one. When we hit retirement, we hit part two. And that's the phase when we're beginning to take money from our accounts. Well, that will make a huge difference because when we have volatility in the market, that means that it's possible for us to lose additional value in our accounts. Let me give you an example. If we're taking, let's say, 5 or 6 or 7% from our investments to help supplement our retirement income, and the market goes down by 8 nine, ten 9%, 10% because of a bear market cycle, it's possible that you could lose so much value that your account never... Re- recovers again. That's called sequence of returns risk. So people don't really take that in consideration, but it makes a huge difference. If the market does go down post-retirement, that will affect the person's account dramatically. And we have to build into that particular Mm -hmm. engineering of that portfolio, that possibility. And so sequence of return risk is very evident today. I don't see most advisors alerting their clients to these kind of things, but you need to come in and we need to talk about it. We need to talk about the, the probability of that happening and how it can wipe out a portfolio years ahead of that expected time frame.
0: Also important things to consider, again, the realities of retirement planning, a quick little recap for you. One, people are living longer. Two, retirement I mean, is a very active stage of life three, fewer people are quitting work, cold turkey, realize that it can be more of a transitional period rather than just something that begins and ends. And then again, the current investing environment for retirees is more challenging than it used to be. And so all those realities combined together, really to me, just to underscore the importance of having a solid financial plan in place, the role of a financial advisor, a good financial advisor, I should throw that caveat in there, is more important than ever as well. So make sure you're getting not just advice, but the right kind of advice as well. To kind of put a bow on the conversation today, Phil and Barbara, can you just tell us a little bit about if somebody's got questions about facing the realities of retirement planning, if one of these realities we've talked about, maybe is a new concept or something that somebody hadn't thought about before, and they want to kind of go down this planning road, what's the best way to get the conversation started? And, and how will that conversation play out with you? Give us some expectations.
1: Well, that's a good one. Uh, you know, we always say, you know, this ain't your mom and daddy's retirement anymore. It's a different environment altogether. So people have to start out by realizing that they don't know what they don't know. They need to really come in, talk to us about, you know, the realities of our economy, the realities of longevity, the realities of, uh, of, of what's expected in terms of costs in post-retirement years and preparing adequately for that. And so that starts with them coming into the office, sitting down with us, telling us their concerns. William maybe point out some concerns that they're not aware of, that they need to talk about. And then what we do is we go from there. We basically say, oh, okay, here are your options available to you. Let's figure out what's going to work in with the money that you have, how much you can realistically take from your, your plan so that you don't run out of money before you run out of time. Barb?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just really about a plan because I, the people that come and see us have no concept of how they can uh, withdraw from their retirement accounts, you know, the different types of accounts, taxable, tax deferred, tax free, et cetera. And they really don't know how long their money is going to last. And to live in retirement for the expectation of 30 years, you've got to know that. Yes, absolutely. So, so yeah, absolutely. Come in and see us. We'd, we'd love to sit down and chat with you for an hour.
0: Here are the easy ways you can get in touch. 815-399-9806 is the number. 815-399-9806. Come into the office there in Rockford, have a conversation, chat a little bit about what's going on in your financial life and get some answers to those important questions and all sorts of great information online at PathfinderWealth.com. That's PathfinderWealth.com. Barbara and Phil, thank you so much for the guidance on today's show. A lot of fun as always, and we'll have another good topic on deck next time around. Good to be Thanks, here. It's well, our true. pleasure. Thank you. Lots of fun. That's Phil and Barbara. More coming up next time. Be sure to come back and join us right back here on the Retirement Pathfinder. Take care.